Recently, Wipro announced that they were cutting down salaries of freshers by nearly half. From a CTC of 6.5 lakh per annum to 3.5 lakh per annum. This, with good reason, got a lot of lack on social media. People said it was better being a blue-collar gig worker rather than being a fresher in the IT industry. Interestingly, this news broke out a few moments after my conversation with Harpreet Singh Saluja, one of the founders of India's most prolific and impactful IT unions, the NITES, the Nascent Information Technology Employee Senate. He sent me a WhatsApp message saying that he strongly condemned the decision and that it was unfair and unjust to the employees. But what we discussed is something that's been brewing in the IT space for a while now. IT workers are finally unionizing. They're finally understanding the power of collective bargaining. Many Davids against the corporate Goliaths. But there's a problem. The unions aren't exactly being used to solve the problems that they were created for. How exactly? We'll find out in this episode of Costa Company. In this episode, I speak to three people who explain to me how IT unions are slowly but surely becoming a part of the lexicon of the urban Indian worker. But there are quite a few roadblocks along the way. Welcome to CDC, a podcast around careers and workplaces by the Ken. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm your host, Shrivar. So the story doesn't actually start in 2019. If you look at the whole pre-pandemic story, it really starts in 2017. That's Shreyan Chatterjee and he's going to introduce himself. I think uh, the best way to introduce myself would be as an independent consultant. Uh, that would cover the basis of what I do currently. Uh, uh, I'm also a lawyer by training. And uh, for purposes of this podcast, I think the most relevant uh, role that I do is I'm also a research volunteer at the All India IT and ITS Employees Union, uh, which is an All India uh, union, as you know. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, back to his story, which tells us how IT unions aren't really a new phenomenon. Uh, there was a huge spate of cost cutting and um, retrenchments and basically layoffs that happened in 2017, which is where you see uh, not just uh, the union that I am working with, but all unions, all IT unions actually gained a lot in membership. And uh, so 2017 was a big watershed moment. Uh, 2019 and then the pandemic uh, is also was a big uh, critical moment for all IT unions. Uh, because I'll come to the reasons there, but uh, I'll tell you what I have seen is consistent from pre-pandemic to today, which is uh, which is the fact that uh, there is from the IT company side we still notice uh, there is a lack of willingness to engage with employees, uh, and this comes out uh, in the form of forced resignations. You know, forced resignations as much as they're condemned in uh, media, and you try and do forced resignation 
of employees wherein you threaten that you know you're not going to give them a character certificate you're not going to give them an experience certificate and uh, you kind of you know you kind of enforce a work flexibility uh, or a production flexibility that the law really doesn't allow you to do but i will talk about uh, the case work that we do right so there's a lot of work that is not related to uh, just getting a person as a member so our stand as a union is that anyone requires our help whether they are a member or not we are going to help them and uh, once that once they are you know out of the situation they are in then they decide if they want to be a member or not so when you look at the case work that we are doing we see a lot of the narratives falling apart you know the main narratives that we hear from uh, our workers it workers is you know managers refer to them as family managers refer to uh, <laughs> you know like the whole structure of a family and you don't need to say much i mean especially in a southeast asian context when someone says you are my family or i treat you like family and why aren't you grateful to me for providing for your food and housing um, it brings on a whole uh, structure of um, how do i say it is a whole framework of things that you are expected to do or not expected to do uh so this kind of narrative i have seen uh this becoming a little bit weaker uh in the last 4 to 5 years um from my perspective you know like i love to remind people of this that hey uh, employer employee relationships and its regulation uh labor rights forced resignations have unfortunately been a part of how companies deal with their employers for quite some time now even before the 2022-2023 season where popular edtech giants indulged in forcing people to resign and as trivial or banal as it may sound the concept of vr family which is a strong narrative in the indian workplace surprisingly still remains a major deterrent when it comes to employees joining unions the entire narrative is lopsided but hold on a second is unionization even legal why is the word unionization such a threat like we have talked to enough number of people and i have personal experiences also like you know a innocent uh, couple of drinks at a bar with your manager around where you just casually bring up the idea of hey if five of us come and talk to you about a appraisal is it okay like all of us work on the same project that could be a cause of you getting fired forget forming a union like even the idea that uh, more than one person will turn up at an appraisal meeting is a cause that you can get fired for so where does it come from what is the legal view about this so first thing that we should remember shivar is that look uh, freedom to association or freedom to freely associate either at the workplace or generally it is a fundamental right it is protected by a constitution it's been protected for a very long time primarily in the indian context it comes from the constitution uh, two uh, there is nothing illegal under the industrial disputes act uh, that stops it employees from unionizing in fact i think in the last couple of years in 20 actually in the last year 2022 there have been uh, pronunciations in the karnataka high court as well as in tamil nadu courts uh, that it workers are not necessarily excluded from the definition of workmen under it act which is industrial disputes act uh, industrial disputes act is i'm focusing on that because uh, that's most relevant to us because that's the part that talks about collective bargaining right which is what most of it workers really want to do they want to ensure that their working conditions is a fine and uh, they can you know bargain on their wages so in terms of what is legal i think forming a union is 100% legal uh, talking about unionization talking about collective action is 100% legal 
I mean, this is the first and foremost thing that the company will come and say to the authorities that this person cannot fight against any kind of injustice or uh, unethical practice because he is out of the purview of the law. The voice you just heard belongs to Harpreet Singh Saluja. I briefly spoke about him a few minutes ago. He's the founding president of NITES or the Nascent Information Technology Employee Senate in Pune. Uh, the major uh, argument from the IT organizations uh, was that these people are not workmen according to Industrial Dispute Act. But however, time and again, the labor courts have pronounced judgments in favor of employees because uh, uh, the basic thing that every employee needs to know is uh, your company or a third party is, uh, I mean, uh, not eligible to find out whether you are a workman or or you are not a workman under the Industrial Dispute Act. Uh, it is the court that will decide and there are few uh, tests that the court will apply to your particular case and in that case uh, majorly the advocates also are telling the employees that we have come to know that uh, oh you are working in an IT company you are drawing a salary of more than 50,000 60,000 rupees per month hence you cannot be termed as a workman which is absolutely wrong. So, the IT unions are legal. The law protects them. The Industrial Disputes Act protects them. But listeners, I want to highlight this point to you. The concept of a worker. For the longest time, IT workers weren't considered as workmen. And companies took advantage of that. Why should I listen to you if I don't even recognize you? When I asked this question to Suman Dakhmapatra, the national convener of the All India IT and ITES Employees Union, he gave me an interesting perspective about who an IT worker really is. Yes, the the first thing is you have to understand within IT sector, there is a lot of changes happening. Earlier, average package was 40, 50. Now, that's not the case. Particularly in the BPO sector, I know people are working um, for 15,000 or to 20,000 rupees. And sometimes the gig workers are earning more than that. Even the housemates are earning more than that. So that mindset you have to change that um, in the IT sector, people are getting um, everywhere, getting a very good salary. Maybe in certain corporates they are getting, but there are a lot of startups. And come that government is telling Startup India, Digital India, all those things they are telling. But <laughs> how much salary they are getting, employees are getting. So a lot of time there, there is a much more exploitation than in the big corporates. There is no such HR policy at all in the startups. That's again, you have to keep in mind. Second thing is definitely there is a mindset developed by the, again, capitalist economy that when you are joining an IT sector, you are class apart. So generally there is an hesitation how can you go with the gig workers or how can we go with the construction workers? And here is, we are trying to travel an untraveled path to bring, create that awareness that you are part of a broader ecosystem workforce where ultimately at the end of the day, your job security is depending on other industry or your other workforce. And gradually, let me tell you, 
I personally believe and most of our um, colleague or comrades believe that it's we we can try our best to create that awareness but simultaneously when they will face the challenge they will realize better but we can act as a catalyst act as a catalyst to create that awareness more uh, speedy way i would say if you think of the it sector the first thought that emerges is that of high salaries and lucrative pay packages but what suman said is what it right the average it employee is not known to have all these luxuries okay great so we've established how it employees are also workers and not all of them live in ultra luxurious plush households in whitefield but when we talk about unions there's also the subliminal stigma that's attached to it when you start associating unions with the blue collar workforce but do you think that this is the case that there is still this stigma that's there around uh, the white collar workforce who are, who are sort of becoming a part of these unions that you know they even if they want to there is obviously the fear but there's also this this lack of respect almost that is there for these unions or probably is it changing i think largely what you are talk- what we are talking about i agree with you like you know largely it still holds true like the perception that labor protections are something that uh, are really required for blue collar workers and uh, this distinction also between blue collar and white collar versus skilled versus unskilled workers is also uh, questionable there are a lot of problematic aspects to this kind of distinction but this is the perception and this perception is largely true uh, i think the bigger perception is that you know like if something happens for the whole group it will happen at an industry level and i would say the perception again is it's not really innocent the fact that you know white collar workers don't deserve protection or that white collar workers are individually very empowered people because they have a certain salary they draw right this is a perception that doesn't drop from the skies it's not built out of thin air it's something that has many thousands of crores behind it right so this is kind of an institutional gaslighting that happens uh, of the whole space that you know like we have already empowered them empowerment of this nature is not required oh that's a very interesting term institutional gaslighting where like ha tumhe kya zarurat hai iski correct companies have started to use this institutional gaslighting to tell people that they shouldn't be worried about joining a union they have enough and more to be happy and satisfied but these undercurrents of gaslighting aren't the only way companies are pushing the narrative of not joining a union here shreyan again the examples are all of uh, what we call yellow union examples right so yellow unions being the unions that are set up by management to ensure that a legitimate worker led independent union doesn't come up so when you are facing a certain problem okay, and you know that your workers are going to unionize yes so you know uh, workers are going to unionize workers have a problem and you cannot fire the whole damn lot what do you do you use the labor law uh, mechanism and you set up a yellow union you set up a union that the management you control the decisions you control all it does uh, and you of course talk to the union as the management and you say hey we are already talking to a union and if you want collective bargaining you come to this union and ultimately you will not get as a worker you will not get anything out of that union because that union kind of is a you know uh, an extension of management only oh it's a place so, it's like a shell company of sorts correct correct so wow, that is, is fa- and so you you think companies are doing this companies are setting up these yellow unions because they're like you know what we're sort of again passing 
traditional very classic company move that you know it's not our headache it's you know you speak to them you're essentially speaking to a deaf ear is is that is that what yeah these elderly that is correct that is correct according to an article by the wire and i quote employer dominated unions are usually referred to as management unions they tend to draw their power from the support of the employers and inevitably act in a way that compromises the rights of the workers end quote Some companies in India are nefariously setting up these sketchy yellow unions which totally squash the entire purpose of unionizing. Instead of being a voice of the people, it quickly becomes a voice of the upper management. So collective bargaining, the spinal cord of unionization goes for a toss. But these aren't even the biggest problems. We'll find out more after the short break. Hi there. I'm Snigdha, the producer and host of Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. Instead of chasing the daily news cycle, in each episode in less than 15 minutes, I will tell you one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Episodes drop on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. You'll find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. In my last episode that dropped on Monday, I spoke about the tug of war that is going on between tech companies including OTT platforms on one side and telecom and internet service providers on the other. Telecom and internet service providers believe that content and tech companies should pay them for disproportionate traffic. But tech and content companies argue that this would violate the very principles of net neutrality. The debate has now reached India and the telecom regulator Tri is expected to release a consultation paper on the matter soon. So will content companies like Google and Netflix have to compensate telecom companies in India? Tune into the episode to know more and if you like it please do hit follow and rate it. Thank you for listening to the Ken and now back to Cost to Company. we are getting more response in a current scenario more and more people are un- uh, trying to understand what union is and they are realizing union is really required and they are coming to us they are trying uh, they are joining with us but there is always um, i would say a shakiness amongst them that if the company knows what will happen they are not coming out from that mindset they they are not ready to disclose that um we are part of an union this shakiness or hesitancy that suman speaks about is apparent in employees there's actually a reason why it was difficult to source people who are a part of these unions to appear as a guest for this episode of costa company but even if they do overcome this shakiness there's a major flaw a major problem in how employees are approaching these unions at the end of the day one thing we are trying to explain the employees that union is not a consultancy firm they generally make the mistake and most of the time what we have realized that when people uh, grab the opportunity they don't go through their offer letter properly appropriately there are a lot of clauses they don't understand what are the after effect uh, they just think uh, go through the compensation part they go through the other other Uh, very broad things but they don't understand the underlying um, terms and condition which actually may impact in their future career so most of the time they 
do that mistake we are trying to create that awareness simultaneously we are providing the legal support in a sense we are filing the petition to the labor commissioner's office we are um, trying to demonstrate in front of the it box we are trying to um, create a demand charter even in our all india c2 conference we have raised this concern and it's not only impacting financially most of the time they are getting impacted psychologically it's creating a lot of psychological problem um, can't believe or not a lot of people are going through psychological treatment also from the it sector they're coming to us they're telling that we don't know how to sustain in this situation so that's different way right. we are trying so two way, in two ways we are trying to uh, help them one legally on the other hand creating awareness so that more and more people should understand that um, at the end of the day you are a worker you are not the representative of the management so more the biggest challenge in the it sector is most of the people they think we are the representative of the management they speak management's language they don't speak about employees language okay that's interesting what, what do you mean by that management language like it's a very corporate sort of a language uh, like yes, what, what yes. does that mean so what the corporate tell them or the the current dispensation trying to portray they gen- just generally follow that they never challenge that they don't introspect analyze what exactly impacting uh, them or broader workforce and they are very i would say secluded from other um, workforce they think we are class apart but now they are gradually mm. realizing it's not in um, we are not isolated from the larger society so also we are trying to mm. work together with the gig workforce so if you see the gig companies their background operations is mainly driven by these it people so we are trying to tell them that yeah the the process you are f- framing in your company it is actually exploiting the uh, some other workforce but keep in mind Uh, don't do something which actually at the end of the so day so it's a cascading thing somebody exactly. else creates a system <laughs> and it it will impact mm. at the end of the day to you as well you have to understand that and you have to come together it's not in isolation so let's unpack what suman says here three points three problems first one employees are seeing unions as a consultancy service which is really not true second one is that they're speaking from a management pov although they're employees and the third is that from a zoomed out perspective it's important to look at it unions not in silos but a part of the larger conversation shreyan told me about this interesting term called meta workers how it workers from companies like say swiggy and dunzo are literally responsible for creating policies and products that affect the lives of millions of people in the IT and ITES which is the information technology enabled services so it's really important to widen the scope of these IT unions but the problems don't seem to end even if suman and the unions manage to solve the membership problem there's another beast they have to handle yeah i can take one example the byju's case 
um, when they retrenched, a uh, lot of employees approached us and we filed petition against them, uh, against Baijus. Uh, actually, we helped them to file petition against Baijus. Uh, and labor, um, when we were interacting with the labor officer, even the assistant labor commissioner, they told very upfront that, see, they are spending huge amount of money on their advertisement, but they are not ready to <laughs> pay their employ employees and they are just trying to deprive them. It's unfor unfortunate, but you have to understand we have certain reserve, uh, certain um, bottlenecks from our side. From But this openly share certain information, trust me. Uh, but they are also cooperative. They are also understanding. In the long run, it is important and definitely uh, companies are also understanding but as of now they are not acknowledging in the sense at least politically backed any union it's a complicated game of chess even for the government let's go back to harpreet from nites so uh, and then uh, we we also staged a protest at tata technologies gingivadi office and you can say that after all the hard work and collective efforts of nits and employees uh, finally, on 31st of March 2021, the employees received the email regarding furlough or withdrawal of uh, this furlough policy and termination process. So, we were able to save uh, jobs of around 800 employees in that. Harpreet tells me that along with the problems that Suman mentioned, the most sinister of them all was the waiting game. Urgency is a bit of a joke when it comes to the Indian judicial system. And this patience and grit led to a historic win, which famously led to Tata Technologies overturn their furlough policy. So while these IT unions are doing their best to seek redressal, the results, as we saw with the cases of Suman Baijus and Harpreet and Tata Technologies, are often mixed for factors that go beyond their control. The government takes time, the companies don't recognize these unions, it's a complicated process. And hence, while membership has increased in these unions, you're attracting people for the wrong reasons. People who are looking for a quick fix. But Suman from AIITEU is doing something interesting. So instead of the standard, come to us and we will fix it union story, which was a pull narrative, Suman started pushing the concept of the union as a place to learn, upskill and network. So uh, through social media, through different private whatsapp group we are uh, we are we are approaching let's say i have a friend who is working in banking sector so they have their own private whatsapp group we are sending certain message to them and telling them why can't you circulate this and tell them to coordinate uh, contact with us if they have certain problem we want to do, we also um, rolled out surveys across all sectors to understand what kind of problem they are facing so that and we are continuously doing some technical classes legal classes and political classes so that more and more people should understand what is happening behind the screen when we are talking about technical classes, we are, that's why we are not against any industry. We have we have done certain sessions on big data, automation, Python, all those things. So this so unskill and reskill those things are very important. So we are also encouraging people that you have to learn more. 
definitely you have to learn more but at the same point in time you have to keep in mind automation is not for taking someone's job it is for betterment of the industry so rather than seeing unions which barely have a fee ranging from 120 to 150 rupees per year by the way as just break glass in case of fire problems suman is trying to ensure that the positioning is in such a way that you turn to the union not just when times are bleak but when you want to upskill when you want to know what's up which skills are important which skills are becoming less relevant and this works best if there are members across industries not just in the it space there's vital knowledge sharing that takes place suman was definitely hopeful about the future but shreyan had some reasonable doubts i can tell you you know where the successes lie right so some of the biggest successes are in being able to convince companies uh, not at a collective level really but more at an individual level when someone's already worked say two months and for some reason their salary hasn't come through and it's just easier for the company to tell that individual worker hey i don't want to pay your salary because i don't think you've worked enough then uh, many a times when that kind of a worker comes to an it union uh, and this is not just uh, true of our union and secondly is that you know like after uh, this whole spate of 2022 and we have not really gone through the whole effects that it will have we have only just seeing i think the tip of the iceberg in terms of layoffs right so i i imagine there will be much more of this and um, the real challenge will come where uh, i think the conversion from these individual success stories or companies willing to engage at an individual level to companies willing to engage at a collective level you know like saying that we have done this for five people why should we you know continue to hunt for new victims let's just not do this again the wins that unions have seen so far have stemmed from an individual level if individual a has a problem these unions swoop in and try to save the day but on a collective level the unions haven't seen as much progress as they would have liked the approach here is reactive rather than proactive you're always replying to the employer rather than starting the conversation with them so no employer can remove you from your job because just because you have joined a worker union or a trade union ultimately your boss is also an employee you should keep that thing in mind and uh, and honestly speaking brother i have seen a subordinate complaining to me about his manager and after 8 months down the line his manager also came back to me stating that the higher management is troubling him so so whether it is your manager or uh, whether you are a subordinate you people are till the time you people are working for an organization you are in the same boat so today if a subordinate is or a, an associate level employee is facing any kind of uh, issues tomorrow it i mean there is no doubt that the manager will also face the same issues so there is no uh, cautious approach there should not be any cautious approach and they can openly join a union although harpreet would like us to believe that one can openly and freely enjoy being a part of a union the stigma of being unionized still unfortunately exists what will my company say about me if they find out what will my friends say about me what if my manager finds out through the course of this episode we understood that more workers are joining unions 
But the reason why they're joining these unions is kind of flawed. And this leads to many members feeling disengaged once their problem is solved, once their consultation is done. If things are going well, it's still important to be a part of the union because you're a part of the collective bargaining process. Something that doesn't end once your problem gets solved. See, the union isn't just a consultancy service or a bomb diffusion squad. Sure, they might help you with the problems anyway. But more than just being that, they're a wake-up call. That what you face on an individual basis still matters on a collective basis. Your voice, no matter how small, can have tangible effects on how companies draft policies for the future. Because let's not forget, you're not just a cog in the wheel, you are the wheel. This episode of Cost to Company was written, produced and hosted by Shrivar Chotaria with audio engineering by Rajiv CM. I'm your other host, Sneha, and you'll hear from me next Tuesday on Cost to Company. <laughs>